Most people don't realize this, that difficult emotions takes only 90 seconds for them to go away if you just watch and allow them to be as they are. 90 seconds, that's it. So I am just so glad, so, 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 so glad that we are having this conversation today about taking care of ourselves, taking care of our our, our mind and our our hearts. Um, and I know different different people have different ways of doing that. Uh, our guest today, you know, really kind of dug into mindfulness and meditation as a, a method for for him to, you know, escape some things that he was going through and and has now become, of course, a a teacher in addition to his what we normally think of as his normal job, day job at marketing profs as CEO. Uh, of course, uh, talking about Alan Weiss, but um, it a, it is such an important topic. It's come up so many times recently on the show. Just burnout and and you know fatigue from all of the stuffs over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just been such a topic of conversation on this show, and I know every social pro that we've talked to, both on this show and off line off the air has really had this element of burnout and mental health struggles and difficulty. And you'll hear at the top of the show, Social Pros listeners, I, I found this really interesting app, um, sorry, a really interesting study from the app Calm. And they did a workplace wellness study and basically mental health was at the top. And it's just such a timely topic right now. And Daniel, as you mentioned too, you know, this method worked really, really well for Alan. I'm going to try it and adopt it. There are many other things that I also have in my toolbox to help me with my mental health and help me with dealing with stress. And so I'm going to try it and see how it works for me. I definitely uh, think I, at a minimum, think everybody could just pause to reflect on how we feel um, in general. So it's a great episode. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Tons of great stuff from Alan today. Yes, indeed. And we, he does, of course, of course, give some tools and uh, little uh, tidbits of ways to get started and, and ways to embrace this. If that's something that you think works, might work for you, definitely uh, look forward to sharing this episode with you. But before we get into it, let's hear from our sponsors at ICUC. Hi, Social Pros listeners. This is Simran from the strategy team at ICUC. Today, we're talking all about how social media can nurture users to create better customer experiences. Today, social media functions as one of the very first touch points that consumers and brands will have. Even though it's all digital, social media is where brands have an opportunity to really forge stronger connections with their target demographic to ultimately keep them or convert them into users and customers. From there, social media can become a really powerful tool for building advocacy and affinity towards your brand all while cultivating a better customer experience. So brands can leverage things like social listening to see how users are talking about their products and services and identify opportunities to boost positive sentiment. This includes insights-driven content that speaks to actual pain points or topics of interest for your audience, or potentially using social media to actively and specifically proactively interact with users as a way to maintain a great customer experience. So a good example of this is surprise and delight. Surprise and delight opportunities on social media are huge at the moment and a really good way to show brands that they care about their customers and make, the, make customers feel seen and heard. Because social listening and monitoring can give you really a, a real-time look into what customers are saying or doing about a brand or just in general online, it allows brands to act quickly. 
So let's say there's a user who is always posting positive things about your brand, whether it's a comment or their own content. You can turn that into a nurturing opportunity. You could send them a digital gift card to show your appreciation for their loyalty. Or maybe you could go out and uh, find a little bit more information about that user, find out what they like and, and don't like, and craft a really personalized response next time you're engaging with them online. So if you're interested in learning more about how social can really take your customer experience to the next level, please reach out to the ICUC team. You can find us on our website, icuc.social, and back over to you, Social Pros. Social Pros listeners, we have been talking a lot about burnout and balancing work and life over the last few years on this show because it's a major issue. It's a very, very real issue that so many of us are facing. Um, and it's something that's really been building for a long time, but especially with the pandemic and, and post-pandemic burnout and really having to go through this collective trauma, it's really even more of an issue now than it ever has before. And not only that, it's just mental health and the topic of mental health is on the rise today in general. What's really crazy is I recently came across some really fascinating research and a study from Calm, which is a software company, but of course, you know it from their sleep and relaxation and meditation app. Um, workplace stress is the number one driver of mental health across the US right now. 75% of employees actually say that their mental health is directly connected to their physical health, which is really interesting because we don't talk about that. We are going to definitely talk about that with our guest today. And we're going to get into all sorts of other benefits with uh, just taking a step back and focusing on your mental health and taking a second um, to just help ourselves be more present. But of course, before I talk any further, we have to introduce our amazing guest today because he is the entire reason we're talking about this today. Our guest is Alan Weiss, CEO and founder of Marketing Profs, which you all know and love already. He's also senior teacher at InsightLA.org and a faculty member at University of Southern California, which is just a name, just a very, very few of his accomplishments. But Alan, welcome to the show. It is so fantastic to talk to you today. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here to talk about mental health. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> so exciting to have you here. I know that you talk about this um, on stage and you've written about it and it's really at the forefront and people who follow you know about this, but, but for people who don't follow you or people who know marketing profs, but they know you, they know of you, but not really about you. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about your background? Well, okay. Well, I have a kind of a strange background. Uh, you know, I started off as a electrical engineer, uh, at the university of, of, uh, California at Santa Barbara. And uh, I went right from there to a master's in counseling psychology, which doesn't seem to fit very well. <laughs> uh, uh, and then after that, I became a professional musician. And I did that for like six years. And then I went, I went and became an MBA. Uh, and during my MBA program, I decided to go for a PhD in finance. And I started off at the University of Wisconsin in finance, and I switched into marketing. And so I ended up getting my first job at Stanford. Uh, and, uh, and then about seven years or eight years later, I, I went to USC. And so that's kind of like my, that's my, that's my background. <laughs> 
Yeah. I feel like um, even though we're going to, we're obviously going to be talking about mental health today and burnout and helping people kind of combat those two, or sorry, combat the burnout side of things and check in with their mental health. I feel like we almost need like a, like a Guinness book of world's record on you because that feels like that's setting some kind of record. Like, the variety. And you're also in, I have to mention this too, because this is a fun fact about you, but you actually are in the, a music, like a musician's hall of fame, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, inducted into the, well, this is Kansas. So it's just for the state in the Kansas music hall. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's still huge. You're being very modest yeah. about it. I am in no <laughs> hall of fames anywhere. So um, I would like to just shout out to that real quick. <laughs> Um, but Alan, so as you mentioned, you have a very interesting path, um, and they do connect and have some really good sort of juxtapositions there in general. But really, I think what obviously people might be perking their ears up a little bit or wondering about the connection between the two is the, the illustrious career that you've had within marketing, obviously founding and being the CEO of Marketing Profs, but then also being a senior teacher at InsightLA.org, which yeah. is, um, well, I'll let you talk about this, but how did those two kind of come together? Well, it, it all started uh, back in 1997. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Okay. And what happened was um, uh I ended up having a surgery, and then a year after, I had another surgery. And uh, one of the things that people don't realize is that it really it, it makes you lose all of your energy when you have something like this. And so, it was actually during that time I started a class. I was teaching an MBA class, and I decided it would be really fun to build a website for the students. And this was like in 2000, okay? And uh, it turned out that uh, the students hated it. So I put it, I just put it on my own server and that became Marketing Profs. I just ran it for two years until Ann Handley contacted me to, uh, to work with me. Uh, but, um, but inside, I was really anxious. I, I had more anxiety than I've ever had in my life because every year I had to go back for a, uh, a, a brain scan. And uh, I tried everything in the world. I mean, I tried, uh, you know, I, I went to a psychiatrist. I went through a therapy. I tried all these, all these drugs that people are supposed to use for depression, et cetera. And what happened was in about 2005, I guess it was 2004 or five, I saw an ad for a, uh, for a, uh, a retreat, uh, in Los Angeles up in the hills. It was a, and, uh, anyway, so what happened was I, 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 I never tried meditating because my mind was going crazy, as you can imagine. And, uh, what happened was I, uh, I ended up going on this retreat even though my mind was going crazy. And afterwards, I talked to uh, Trudy Goodman, who's married to Jack Cornfield. And, uh, she, uh, and she, uh, she said, you know, the best thing I could tell you to do is to meditate 45 minutes a day. And, uh, yeah, I know, I know that's the way that was my reaction to 45 minutes a day. And then to join a, a group at Inside LA that was meeting on Thursday mornings. And, uh, anyway, so what ended up happening was that I, uh, she said, uh, because I, I was a faculty member, she thought, oh, maybe you'd be a good teacher of mindfulness. And so I ended up, uh, 
uh, I said, what do I have to do? And she said, well, you need to do 50 uh, nights on a silent retreat. And, uh, and then maybe you can teach a class. And so I, I ended up going on a 30 day treat up at Stan, up at, uh, up at, uh, Spirit Rock. Anyway, so that's, that was the beginning of my journey. And so now I've been teaching now for, uh, ever since then, about 17 years, I've been teaching mindfulness because it really changed my entire life because all my anxiety just went away. Uh, all of the, all the difficulties that I had. And in fact, on the very last scan that I had to do, I remember going to my surgeon and I just had a really good conversation. We just were laughing and talking. This is something I couldn't even imagine three years before I started this. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. And and for yeah. people who couldn't see my reaction, my eyebrows went basically <laughs> to my hairline of like yeah. the 45 minutes a day, which I know we're going to get into a couple of methods and things that people can do. And, um, you know, I definitely want to know more about the silent retreat. That's crazy. But yeah. the the one thing that I really want to ask, especially is I think you have given us such a really good insight into, especially after recovering from a brain tumor. And one, I'm so happy to hear that, that obviously that, that worked out and turned out and you were able to receive treatment and you had fully recovered from that. But two, the fact that the other side, I think is what I've heard a lot of people don't talk about, which is the other side of trauma, which is just because you've survived something doesn't mean that you're okay. And that there's other things to address, like the mental health and going through these situations. And again, collectively remembering that we all just went through a pandemic and and there's a lot of collective trauma that we all have to go through and and sort through. And I, one of the things that you've written about that really resonated the most with me was during this time on the outside, it looked like you had a ton of energy, a ton of passion, you were getting things done, but on the inside, you felt like a mess. Yeah. And I, Can you talk us through a little bit about, is this often what you see from people that, that maybe we just don't realize what people are going through? We don't realize how burnt out they are is because of this factor? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all the people I've taught, I've taught thousands of people. I mean, they all have, uh, you know, anxiety. Uh, anxiety is widespread. You know, even the Buddhists said everybody is stressed. Only a few people realize it. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, but, you know, when people, uh, uh, when people learn the practice, because it's something that you have to learn because it's, it's a skill, it's a mental skill. Uh, and so what ends up happening is that once people start learning about how to process difficult emotions and they learn how to deal with difficult thinking and they start learning how to deal with those things, uh, it really changes everything, you know. Then all of a sudden, you know, you can you can be in a very crazy situation, but you're you're just. You know, I always think of it as inner peace, and so you know, you you just have a much calmer and kind of pers- person, and so uh, you know, so that's what I teach. I mean, that's why I, why I teach because I I think that people really need it, and so that's what I do. So then in terms of, we've talked a little bit about the importance of mindfulness and how it can help, but what exactly does that look like? Because I will fully admit, 
I'm somebody who I think I might know what that means. I don't think I've ever fully practiced it. So can you help us understand like what exactly does mindfulness look like? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. So let me, uh, let me kind of explain what's under the hood of all of this. Okay. As humans. Okay. Every single person on this planet, every single monk, even the Buddha, we all react as we come into the world through our senses, okay? Uh, and uh, we don't control any of that. You know, like I always say to my students, that, uh, on, when I'm trying to explain this, I always say to them, I ask them, I said, have you ever said, I'd really like to be anxious right now? That would be really great. I want to have an anxiety thing. Nobody's ever said that, right? But I said, but then you get anxious, right? Okay, that's the, that's the first reaction. Okay, that's the very first reaction that everybody has. Okay, and so when we're when we're doing mindfulness, what we're doing is we're bringing our attention to the present moment. Okay, and we use the breath uh, as an anchor. Okay, because you can't breathe in the future, you can't breathe in the past. So when you put your attention on the breath, the sensations of the breath, and when your attention wanders away, which it does and you have no control over, you just notice it, and then you just bring it back, okay? And so when you're doing this over and over and over again, you're literally training your mind to just notice what's happening, and, not getting, and you're not beating yourself up at all from having your attention wander off. And so, uh, you know, so that's the way it works. I think what's really interesting about, about what you just described is a a lot of people kind of hear this and say, oh, I can do that. That's easy. <clears throat> it's very difficult to do in the middle of what you perceive to be like a moment where that's just, there isn't time, there isn't space for that. And I think a lot of the people in the social media, social prose community feel <clears throat> as though they, they have to kind of react to things in real time. It's a 24-7 profession, but which may or may not be true but there are certainly other professions that that perhaps are even more more urgent medicine healthcare these sorts right. of things um how how do do you with with your students you kind of talk about like uh just making that space in the moment of of personal crisis or just emotional turmoil where you're feeling like i don't have time to think about what i'm feeling i'm just gonna i need to act um which is something oh, yeah. and it can be mo most valuable to stop and oh yeah oh yeah okay so what i tell my students is just meditate and then drop it and then forget about it and then go about your life and you'll start seeing how it starts creeping into your life it doesn't mean that you can't work fast or anything you can do all of that stuff okay but you know i i've taught surgeons at uh, a children's hospital, for example, in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, what they'll tell me is they'll say, okay, I have to go in, I have to do all the stuff, etc. But, you know, as one, one doctor told me, she said, after I go to five children's beds, etc., and I have to bring all this stuff, I go into my office and I just process it. She said, I don't want to bring all of that to the next five children's bed. Okay, so you find even a moment to be able to process that, that, that difficulty, okay? So you can integrate mindfulness into any job that you have on this earth. 
So in terms of the time it takes to do this, because obviously you had mentioned up front that, you know, 45 minutes, um, you know, especially in like when we feel pressured in between meetings, like, you know, or we feel pressure to get this content out or post this thing or analyze this data. How can we create time in the day to do this? And, and what does that look like? Sure. Okay. No, I, this is, this is important because I'm not, when I tell my students, when I, when I teach, I have them just do five minutes a day to meditate. Okay. And then I have them build up to like maybe 15 or 20, et cetera. And that's, that's usually enough. I mean, I was just, I was in a completely different situation because my anxiety level was off the scale. Uh, and so that's why Trudy was saying, you know, do this right now. Uh, but, you know, for most people, if they just meditate, you know, five or 10 minutes a day, but I also give them, uh, you know, techniques that they can do. For, for example, let's say, let's say that I'm sitting there in a meeting, okay, and, and I'm just really anxious and all of that. Uh, you know, after the meeting, I can just go in my office. And if I just count 10 breaths, this is Trudy Goodman's trick. Just close your eyes and just, and just count 10 breaths. What will happen is the anxiety that's going up will start to bend the curve down. Okay. And so you, you can, you, you can, uh, you can, uh, you know, do those types of things. You know, you can also go outside and just, uh, uh, instead of, hearing all the stuff that's going on, you can just sit there and just go, ah, this is hearing, this is hearing, okay? And this is hearing, not listening. You're not sitting there, oh, there's a bird over there. You're just going, ah, there's a tweet. Oh, this is hearing, this is hearing. And so there's all sorts of different ways that you can do this. You know, uh, you can even, uh, in, in, in mindfulness-based stress reduction, MBSR, uh, they teach people something called stop, okay? And with stop, you know, well, all you do is like, again, I'll put myself in a situation where everything's going crazy, et cetera, and I might just stop for a second. I'll take a breath, take a breath, and then I'll just observe what's going on with my mind, what's going on with my emotions, what's going on with my body sensations, and then I'll just go on about my day. And that's it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to do anything. And that's the one thing about mindfulness is that you don't have to fix things. All you're doing is just allowing things to be as they are. Uh, for a period of time, I was using the uh, Calm app. Uh, and right. I found it was interesting. I found it remarkably useful as a tool building technique. But the the challenge with something like a calm or a headspace is, of course, is a, it's on your phone, along with all of the a lot of the things that caused you to get into that state in the first place. All of your email, all of your chatter, all all of that. Uh, so I eventually kind of stopped using uh, calm for that reason. I just I didn't like having sort of a an escape space in the same place as my my triggers, so to speak. Yeah. Um, do for for your students and maybe even personal experience have you you know experimented with some of the more app based kind of tools do you recommend them as a place to start just a kind of a mechanism to force you to do it 
Well, Daniel, that's actually an interesting question because I get it all the time, you know, about using these apps. And what I tell my students is once you learn the, once you learn the foundations and you know how to do this, you don't need an app anymore. Because, you know, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, go like, oh, my God, I'm stressed. I need my app in order to calm down. You know, it doesn't work like that if you're, you know, if you know how to do it. I mean, you can, you can process difficult emotions. I mean, most people don't realize this, that difficult emotions takes only 90 seconds for them to go away if you just watch and allow them to be as they are. 90 seconds, that's it. <laughs> and I've experienced this with, uh, you know, with anger. I've experienced it with disappointment. I've experienced it with all sorts of things, you know. And so... Um, you know, but you have to do whatever you got to do. You know, if, if an app works for you, then fine. That's fine. It's just, it's just that I'd rather like not be tethered to anything for me to be able to be, be able to calm myself down. I am realizing as I'm hearing you talk about all these things and uh, hearing Daniel obviously has some experience in this. Um, I am really not good at this. So for people, but I want to be better at it because I, as I'm hearing you talk, I realize that my first instinct is still to react and it's not a conscious thing, but I react and I do want to start to fix things. So how can we even for like what be pre 101, even for people like me, how can I even start to learn to just like take, take a breath? Like, is there even base level foundations, because I am now just realizing I don't know how to turn off. Okay. Well, okay. Let me, let me ask you how many five minutes, how much, you know, how much time do we waste during the day to get five minutes? Okay. I once calculated this out. It turns out that if you eat, you know, an hour every, you know, for each meal, you get a full eight hours of sleep. You know, you, you work like 12 hours, when you're all done, you still have, you probably have 30 or 40 five-minute periods that you could just pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Okay. I'm now, now thinking, it, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, now I'm thinking about my day and like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I can find it. Yeah. 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 And so a lot of people who come to me and they say, I can't meditate because my mind is going crazy because that's what's going on. And so what I always tell them, okay, if your mind is going crazy, the first thing you do is just go, wow, look at that. It's just really going crazy. And once you do that, your mind will calm down. But you know what we do as human beings? We go, oh, my mind's crazy. I want it to stop. And do all of this stuff that just makes it crazier. Okay. But if you just go like, Oh, look at that. I have a really crazy mind right now. It'll stop. It'll stop on its own. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I've found some benefit to, to, uh, when I've really been more invested in, in mindfulness and meditation, uh, I kind of go in waves where I, I do it for a while and then I, I forget. Or I, I just stop doing it. 
But I found it to be, uh, I, I was doing it more for myself toward the end of a work day. But that's when I felt my mind was kind of going the craziest. Uh, and that's when it, it just helped me demarcate, like, I'm moving into, like, evening time, happy hour, right. whatever. Uh, it yeah. kind of gave me a good way to do that. Um, do you do you find it? Do you you know teach that, and do you sort of find adjacency for that space to sometimes the things that can kind of trigger your your mind to race out of control? Helpful, or uh, you know, is there a better time of day? Is it good to start your day in the morning? Yeah, that's yeah. No, that's a good. That's another good question, Daniel. What I have my students do is to experiment. Okay, for some people. When they wake up in the morning, they like to meditate. Other people, they do it like when you do it, uh, you know, around five o'clock or whatever. Other people do it during their lunchtime. Okay. And some people, you know, do it like in the early evening, et cetera, et cetera. So there's not really one time that works for everybody. That's why I have students kind of experiment what works for you. And so uh, you just have to experiment. When our kids were young, I mean, I, I couldn't do it in the morning because we had to rush them off to school and do all of the crazy stuff that was going on. But, you know, around 4.30 or so, uh, I would, they knew dad was in the, in, in, the, in, the room, in the bedroom meditating. And that was, that was the way they knew me as somebody who was meditating, you know, at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. And so that, that was what worked for me. So Alan, I'm curious about your perspective on this because obviously we've been talking about, you know, doing these exercises on our own and taking some time for ourselves. but there's been a lot of topic of discussion around workplaces starting to incorporate more mental health and combat burnout and providing more mindfulness um, options. So where do you stand on that and kind of what are you seeing right now in terms of that trend? Well, um, um, you know, everybody's stressed out. And so, you know, I see, you know, I, I've done work in companies, you know, in the financial district in Los Angeles, uh, I would be brought in for all their new people and I would get them around the table, uh, you know, at lunchtime, that's when they would do it. And so, uh, I've even done it at the wonderful company, which is also in Los Angeles, uh, you know, um, you know, and it's just give, allows people to have a break. You know, we spend so much time on our bodies. We spend so much time with our friends. We care about our families, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't do anything for our mind or our soul. We don't do anything for it. So I'm just trying to get people to spend a little time, even five minutes, to just spend a little time with their, with their soul and their, their mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, of all the things that we spend so much time on, it does feel like we spend the least amount of time on ourselves sometimes, you know, and we do have, you know, like people make jokes about like self-care, you know, like self-care Saturday or, you know, uh, but it's like this really actually is self-care and it's part of a multifaceted toolbox in which we can mm -hmm. help just battle burnout and take care of ourselves and take care of each other. And I think give each other the grace to kind of just, again, not to, not to just repeat what you had said, but just be more mindful and be present and recognize. I liked your definition. Let me put it this way. I liked your definition of like, instead of having to control and tamp down our feelings, 
just acknowledge them. And I think I had always taken it as I have to like calm myself. Like this should actually be like, I need to proactively calm myself, which I think I've been proactively stressing myself out with. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't push feelings away. We just allow them to be as they are. Okay. I'm, t- I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm really being serious. I said at one time I was so angry uh, when I was running Mindful USC because I was the director of Mindful USC uh, that I was so beside myself that I went into a courtyard on campus. Okay. I took a chair, I put it against the wall. And I said to my wife, who was also a faculty member, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of this anger really fast. And 90 seconds later, I was the calmest person in Los Angeles. That's how it took 90 seconds. And I was the calmest person. Just because you were able to do some mindfulness practices. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I had learned, uh, I had learned how to process my difficult emotions. That's what you learn in a class, (laughs) you know? And so I practice what I preach. (laughs) Oh man. I, Ellen really wish, uh, that, uh, I had known you like eight years ago. This was way before CNC times when I had a coworker, uh, slam the door to a conference room on me um, because right. I had uh, made a recommendation uh, to combine our deliverables. So I think uh, this person could have used some mindfulness and uh, yeah. I wish that they would have been the calmest person in Phoenix at that time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you have some some difficult coworkers, maybe uh, social pros, you can broach the subject of mindfulness or uh, lead by example with mindfulness and start oh, yeah. promoting this yeah. in your workplace. Um, it's, oh no, boy. No, that's so funny because I, I get a lot of students who say, I'm taking this class. I wish my husband or wife or my coworker would take the class, you know, but one thing, uh, one thing that you can learn, and I think, Anna, you're picking it up is that when you're, uh, you know, when you have this ability to kind of like process difficult emotions and difficult thinking, you actually encourage other people through through uh, relaxing themselves. Okay. What we don't realize is that when somebody gets like angry, and then we get angry, and then we just spin it out of control, you don't realize how much we're we're making the whole situation really bad. Okay. But if you just you just stop and just say, okay, this is anger. This is what anger is like. It's just like this. Okay. And just keep your attention on your body where the anger actually is, because emotions are actually in your body. And so it's pretty straightforward, but, wow. but it takes practice. <laughs> so the beautiful thing is that Social Pros listeners, if you do want to take practice and you do want to put all of this into place that we've been talking about today, Alan actually teaches workshops and lessons. And Alan, you have one coming up, correct? As of the time of this recording, I should mention this is April, 2023, but Alan, you have one coming up pretty soon, correct? Right, right. I'm teaching an online class at Inside LA. And so uh, I I think I sent you guys a link if you want to, not to sign up for the class, but just know exactly when it's going to happen. 
uh, you know, people can sign up and then I'll just send them a, a, one email and just say, okay, this is when it's happening. And if they want to sign up, that's great. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We will happily, uh, Social Pros listeners, you can find that link in the show notes for this episode, or you can go there right now. It is mprofs.com slash mind. That is mprofs.com slash mind, M-I-N-D. So go there, sign up. Um, you can check it out and get notified for the next class. Alan, where can everybody else connect with you? Obviously through Marketing Profs official channels, right. but if they yeah. want to connect with you more about mindfulness and learn more about your journey, where can they do that? Well, um, probably, um, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Alan Weiss, one word, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. I think they maybe put an M in the middle, Alan M. Weiss there, uh, you know, and so it's one way. Uh, in fact, I wrote an article about mindfulness and uh, marketing because people don't realize how much, uh, you know, these two things can come together. But, uh, you know, but, you know, um, you know, so that's ways people can connect with me. But the, the best way to connect with me is in a class or something where they learn the practice because it's not about me. It's about them. You know, nice. My deal. Social pros. You heard it. Go connect. Go check out those classes and see when they come up next. It's online. Um, so wherever you are, um, those are accessible to you. Um, Alan, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Seriously, this was awesome. It's definitely something that we've been talking about, but haven't really been able to dig deeper into. So thank you for being here and helping us find some solutions for what we're all going through right now. Sure. Happy to do this. So I'm going to definitely start working on my mindfulness. If you could give a piece of advice to anyone who wants to become a social pro, what would it be? I guess uh, if you want to be social, uh, you go online and you know sign up for, uh, I guess uh, to me, it would be probably LinkedIn since that's where most people in business tend to hang out. You know, uh, that's what I would do. And, uh, you know, and then, but, you know, be open. And just be uh, be willing to make you know connections. That's what I would do. That's pretty good fundamental advice, actually. Uh, yeah. And I'm happy to see a lot of people on LinkedIn embracing that in the last couple of years. So uh, I think thank yeah. you for kind of reminding us of the value of yeah. using social for social connections. Well, Alan, thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. Again, if, you, if you're if you interested and intrigued to kind of explore this for yourself, um, uh, Alan does have a class coming up. Uh, that's uh, You can learn more improvs.com slash mind to sign up and learn a bit more about the class. Alan, thank you so much for, for sharing your sort of life story and, and your journey with mindfulness with our, our listeners here. It's an important topic for uh, for everyone to kind of embrace and and. Um, thank you for, for being here to share it. Well, thank you, Daniel. And thank you, Anna. And best wishes to you and to all of the people who listen to this show. Indeed, indeed. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another week on what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole world, Social Pros. Social Pros.